press play. Curtain of an hour in. It's time to take spin. The shade and tea to spill. Ooh, Ooh drama. drama. Oh, that's a tweet. Did they book? Who got nom? They option no. Oh, I'm not well. What, what star will we talk to today? Oh, that's a gag, honey. Say no more. Drama. drama. Welcome to Drama, a podcast that covers theater, pop culture, love, and life. I'm Connor McDowell. And I am Dylan McDowell. Connor, how are you tonight? I feel out of my body just... It's the spring weather has me feeling like I belong to the streets. I think that's called spring fever. I feel like wild and rejuvenated and excited about our guest. So things are great, but there's something else that's making me feel wild. And we purposely did not discuss (laughs) this before coming on the pod. So the conversation felt more organic. Yes. But the new season of Elite dropped on Netflix this weekend. Yes. And I know we both watched. Did you finish it? I I did in the dead of the night. I had to finish it. (laughs) By the dead of the night, I mean like 1 a.m. But, you know, some people say the correct pronunciation is Elite. Because it does take place in Spain. Yeah, that's probably how you say it. Mm -hmm. It's so bad, but so good. It's like Gossip Girl meets Riverdale meets... How to Get Away with Murder? Yes, because there's always a murder. And euphoria at this point. Yeah, but like, it's... Connor, it's hotter than porn. I completely agree. And everybody... I posted like a thing on my Instagram the other day Mm -hmm. about like two of the hot leads. Surprise. I'm like obsessed with both of them. And... (laughs) Everyone was responding to me being like, was this the most like porn esque, but not porn? Like, it's crazy. This is like allowed. <laughs> we sound like boomers here. We're like, how is this allowed? I know. Well, but, usually HBO's got the steamy content, but this is Netflix. I know. And there's lots of good gay. So if you're listening to this and you want to watch like LGBTQ rap on TV mm-hmm. slash, slash a streamer, we get L and we get G and we get B. And yeah, and we have Polly in some seasons, and also there's lots of Ope, and even uh, there's also S. They're straight. They're straight couples. There is too. S for the masses. Yeah, it's Not so like- good. But the the main storyline is actually still really good. You just get all this extra content. By the way, none of the words we just said are in the Bible, so people no, listen to so no, 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 no. But yeah, I cut you off. It's well, so good. It's a good time of year. We have new Netflix. We have new shows. On Broadway, off Broadway, out of town. Lots of cool things are going on. And everyone's so busy. There is much going on. And but not many people are busier than our guest, who I think has been the most the most booked performer in the theater. Literally. In the last, in, since like 2020 began. I mean And right. we had the brilliant idea to ask him to do the podcast while he was in the middle of doing double duty. Right. Because we're very generous with our well, we're, we're of the moment. We think, oh my <laughs> God, they they're they they have so much they might want to say, you know. Right, Some people, right, right, right. We, we ask a lot of people and they're like, you know what, I don't really have much to talk about now. Like maybe we'll talk another time, but our guest was still generous enough with their time to mm-hmm. do the pod. And so I'm ready to get in. Dylan, would you do please it. start the show? Yes. Our guest today is a New York-based actor, singer, dancer, and instrumentalist. He made his Broadway debut in the epic revival of West Side Story in 2020, performing as the standby for Tony, directed by the iconic... Ivo Van Hova. Regionally, you might recognize him from his performances in Austin's Pride, The Color Purple, A Chorus Line, and Gypsy. In January of this year, our guest made his return to the great Bright Way as Orpheus in Hadestown. 
After his run, he even returned during a time of need for the production. During this heroic act, he was also preparing for his time in Paper Mill Playhouse's The Wanderer musical, which is running now through April 24th. Next up, he will appear in the Neil Diamond musical Beautiful Noise, which is, as they like to say, Broadway bound. If you don't know who he is yet, you'll be addicted after this. We are so happy to have this extraordinary performer and human on the pod. Please welcome to drama, Jordan Dobson. Oh my goodness, thank you so much. That was such a sweet intro. Of course. Jordan, we spoke about this before I hit the record button, but you, those who do not follow us on Instagram, I usually plug this at the end, but they should now because you are wearing an iconic outfit right now. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, I'm wearing... My friend Sis makes these wonderful Black Lives Matter shirts and Black Trans Lives Matter. If you see yes. on the back of my turnaround there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, just matching it with a bandana. It's springtime. Some lavender mm-hmm. is great. So Yes. I will say Sis is amazing. And we have reached out. We have reached no, out and, no, and Sis. Okay, out. we'll either keep this in or cut it. Because I don't know how interesting it is for people <laughs> to listen. Sis said, I'm in. But it's been a scheduling it was, yeah. back and forth thing. Yeah. So. Yeah, right, yeah, she's yeah. busy. Talking oh my about god, making merch, being in Oklahoma, being an icon. Yes. Oh, love her. A girl boss never quits, never stops. Right, right. Jordan, are you well? I am well. Thank you for asking. Yeah, I'm in good health right now. It's beautiful weather today. It's like the first day that we're really, I feel like breaking in a spring and work is going well. I, I, I'm a new, I have a new nephew as of two days ago. So oh, congrats. Thank you. I'm just, I'm super pumped. Yeah. Now, where is your family? Like, where is this nephew based out of? In Philly. All my family is in Philly. So not too far. And I can go back on the days off, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So you have other nephews or nieces? I do. Now I have two nephews and one niece. I I just love being an uncle so much. Aw, that's so cute. I I oddly spent a majority of my weekend with straight identifying individuals who are from the Philly area. I think it's called Buck. Town. Oh, like like Bucks County? Mm, maybe. Yeah, because they were talking about Bucks County Playhouse. Yeah, yeah. That's all in the like greater Philadelphia area. The greater Philly area. Okay, okay. Which well. is also where How to Get Away with Murder took place. Did you ever watch that show? I never did, but it's also where Mayor of Easttown took place. Yes. You that one? Mm-hmm. Now, you don't really have a Philly accent, though. I don't. No, not really. I can do it when they're like, oh, let's go get a hoagie on, you know, like <laughs> like they do on Mayor of Easttown. But no, yeah, Mayor yeah. has a really, really prominent accent. Yeah, she goes for it. Kate Winslet. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Oh, yeah, she's so good. Amazing. Did it feel, did the accent feel organic to the native area? It at, at first, I was like, wow, they're really laying it on thick. But then I had to really think, and I was like, no, I know people who talk like that, okay. you know? Mm-hmm. So... They they did a great job. It was it was pretty good. Oh, it was so good. I I, I honestly might rewatch that. Caitlin Houlihan, Broadway's Caitlin Houlihan, was in that as the missing girl. Yeah, she was incredible too. <laughs> she was so good, so good. Well, Jordan, we were talking before, but you're currently in a show now, a new show, right? A new musical. Yes, brand new. Yeah, The Wanderer. What has that process been like? Yeah, The Wanderer. So this is a a jukebox musical, but is it a is it more Jersey Boys jukebox or more Mamma Mia jukebox? Hmm. Okay, so th- that's a hard question because I've never seen either one. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> I've never seen Jersey Boys or Mamma Mia, but it is a jukebox musical. 
Okay, we got that I love right. It. We got and that a lot right. of the Jersey boys are in our show. Like, I think there's like six or seven people who were in Jersey Boys who are in The Wanderer. So I hear about it a whole bunch. Oh, so fun. What's The Wanderer about? It's about the life of Dion DiMucci, the rock and roll doo-wop star. And um, he's been a, a big part of the, of the process as well. He's there oh. pretty much every day. And it's his music and his life. And Mike Wartella plays Dion, and he is incredible. He's oh, he's fantastic. So good. Yeah. And the music is just so much fun. So it's great. It's kind of like doo type music, right? Yes, very doo And then it gets a little more like grungy later. In Connor, in sixth grade, I don't know if you remember this, but we sang a Dion medley in choir. That's all I'm going to say about the matter. Dylan, what can you think of any of the songs? Well, there, well, maybe it wasn't Dion, but it was of that era. There was the song, The Book of Love. I don't know if that's one of his songs. Oh, who wrote not. The Book of Love? Of course. Uh-huh. I don't know if it's one of his songs, but it's in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I loved. Was that didn't that also include the song "Why Must I Be a Teenager in Love"? It did. Do you know is that, that one? a Dion Jordan? It is. That one's in our show. It's a hit. Oh, it is my a gosh. hit. It's a hit. I mean, it does. It asks the age old question when you're a teenager of why must I be a teenager in love? So it's relatable. Amen. <laughs> right. That's so I fun. Who else is in the cast? Uh, Christy Altimer. Um, yeah, That's right. she's amazing. Um, Joey McIntyre from New Kids on the Block. Oh my God, no. (laughs) Yes, and he's so much fun. He's amazing in the show as well. All just really great people. Like everyone's super down to earth. Jasmine Rogers, Kingsley Legs. Oh my gosh. Everyone is so good. Now it's at Paper Mill. And I've heard stories about when you do a show at Paper Mill, there's like a bus or something or a truck that takes everyone out there. Is that the case for you? Yes, the vans. There's like three vans for our cast. And they just like drive us on over the bridge to Paper Mill. Um, I ride with my friend though, because he lives around here. So we just like hop in the car together. You know, it's a lot of energy being in a cast with people, but also traveling to and fro mm-hmm. every day. And I love them. They're all great people. But some alone time is is necessary. Oh, I can only I get imagine. It. Is I get it like it. the Sprinter vans from Real Housewives when they go on trips and they're all <laughs> packed together in a van? <laughs> Honestly, yes, <laughs> it's exactly like that. Oh that's my hilarious. God. <laughs> well, that's so awesome because you're also working on another out of town project that'll be happening this summer, right? Yes, a beautiful noise about the life of Neil Diamond. <laughs> so you've got all these you've got these jukebox bio musicals under your belt now. Yeah, who would have thought that this is where <laughs> like <laughs> I'm monopolizing the right? jukebox <laughs> biopics, but that's where I'm at, and I'm I'm happy to be there. And I'm learning so much cool music. Like, when I first heard about the Neil Diamond show, I was like, what is my black ass going to do in a Neil Diamond <laughs> show? Like, I don't know nothing about this man. And learning the music, I'm like, oh, I get the big whoop. Like, he's mm. pretty incredible. And same with Dion as well. Like, learning his music, I'm like, wow, I'm I'm really into it. So... That's amazing. Yeah, because yeah, obviously, I mean, you told us that you you found the podcast through friend of the pod, Tatiana, Ms. Tati, as I like to call her. And um, you two are both doing Beautiful Noise together. Is that how you met? Yes. Okay. Uh, initially, that is how we how we met in person. We had like had an um, just like Instagram friendship for a little bit because I'm a big admirer of Tati. Oh, yeah. Um, but we did the workshop of Neil Diamond and that's where we became like actual friends. Okay. So. I love it. She'll be moving to Boston for the summer. Yes, a summer in Boston. Oh, that'll be fun. 
Yeah, I, I I used to go for like jazz festivals in high school, but I've never spent an extended amount of time. So I'm excited to just like, it'll be a mini vacation, you know? Yeah. Wait, so would you just go to, go for, would you go for school to these jazz festivals or was it just something you enjoyed and you were making the trek from Philly? Yeah, for school. It was our jazz band would go and compete at Berkeley every year in their jazz festival. They're like um, high school division and we would get to stay for like two or three days and it was like my favorite thing every year. I was such a band geek. So it was like, I was living. <laughs> uh, wait, that's honestly a perfect transition for us to talk about your your roots, your humble beginnings. We like to call it the Ring of Keys moment. Connor, explain, because you do it way better than me every time I attempt to explain what the Ring of Keys moment is. Not true at all. This is the segment you fought for, Dylan. But anyway, <laughs> basically, you know, we like to talk about that moment of recognition when you either saw a piece of art or participated in something musical, theatrical, performance-based that made you realize that you loved it maybe more than just a spectator, that you wanted to dive dive into the ocean of the arts. Do you feel like you had a specific moment, Jordan, that you can pin it all back to? You know, I, I do for theater specifically because I was always an instrumentalist. I was always into music and I'm a woodwind player. So like, you know, clarinet and sax and flute, all of those and piano. And I grew up doing that. And that's what I was going to do with my life until senior year of high school. But then the Ring of Keys moment came for theater is that I saw a production of Parade at the Arden Theater in Philly. And it really like changed my life. I was like, wait, this is, and I kind of knew of theater. I did theater in high school, mainly just to get closer to the, the director. Cause he was the director of our marching band okay. and I just wanted to be the drum major. So I was like, I'll do the musicals and maybe like, I'll become the drum major of the marching band. Wait, and did it happen? Did you ultimately become the drum major? I was. Yeah. Very good. Very good. <laughs> mm -hmm. It was great. I loved it. <laughs> but yeah, even when I saw Wicked, like freshman year of high school, I was just like looking at who the reed players were. I was like, oh, I'm just like, wow. Yeah. And I remember Jackie Burns was my alphabet. Yes. And I was like, oh, I'll never do this. Like, I can't sing like that. Like, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> <laughs> like, I will be the clarinet player for someone who can sing like that. That's really, that's really unique. I don't think anyone's ever shared a story mm -hmm. like that before. Dylan, can no, you, not, where, yeah. they, where they kind of went from being a musician. I mean, and of course, I'm sure you still are a musician, but. Totally. Sometimes yeah. I even get to play yeah. in shows, which is so fun. But honestly, it was that production of Parade where I was like, whoa. And then I saw in, in the Playbill, there was this wonderful actress, um, Catherine Bruner, who went to Temple University. And she was currently at Temple. And I saw that in her bio. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to, like on a whim, audition to Temple University for musical theater. And if I get in somehow, I won't be a musician. I'll like study acting. And then I got in the next day and I was like, all right, here we go. What a total pivot. Like that is like so wild. You really must, I mean, you must have really felt something come alive then inside Yeah, of it you. was that show. And my parents were shocked. They were like, what? Are you even good at this? <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen Parade. And I, I think I've like pretended I've seen it on the pod before. <laughs> You know how you'll just be like, oh, yeah, yeah, legendary, when people are talking about, like, Parade or something? Totally. What What's, like, the, <laughs> the big song? I'm really showing my hand here today. What's the big song in Parade? There's, I mean, to me, there's a bunch because I'm obsessed. But All the Wasted Time is a big one that Leo and Lucille sing together. Uh, Brent Carver and, and Carly Carmelo. Carmelo. 
Yeah. But I think on the Tonys, they did This Is Not Over Yet, which is, mm-hmm. I think that's actually the big song where it's like Leo. I would say it's what it's people know it as. Yeah. And I actually sang that. I think I sang that for my college auditions. You were that literally that inspired by Parade that it became your whole identity. It really did. That whole show. Everything about it. That's so amazing. Have you ever done any other Jason Robert Brown pieces over the years? You know what? I have not. I did Songs for a New World in high school, Ooh. which is like how our high schoolers <laughs> singing that. We barely did. Like I know. we were like cracking all over the place. But <laughs> were you man number two? I was man one. Man one. Okay. I was skelting up there in high school. That, that, that song cycle has yeah, some has some bops. I mean, it does. And you know what we did in high school, which I'm pretty sure is illegal. <laughs> we we. And they tasked us to write a script to it to make it a musical instead of a song cycle. <laughs> so we, as as high schoolers, wrote a script to two songs for a new world, which I don't think is allowed. <laughs> no, definitely not. But interesting concept. Did the did the um, ticket buyers enjoy that? I think they did. I mean, my family said they enjoyed it. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, how fun to find a through line between the the characters, though, right? Like, that was probably pretty cool. It was. And it was, like, a super cool creative project for us to do as high schoolers as well. So I loved it. Yeah. It sounds like there was a great performing arts program. I mean, you had jazz band and marching band, and you were writing a script to the the spring (laughs) musical. Yeah, I I was really lucky. Like, my high school was, they just really cherished the arts and... There wasn't a lot of money behind it, but there was so much support in every other sense. And the band was huge at my high school, like marching band, jazz band, drum line. And I was in all of those. So it just like really sparked and continued my love for performing in any every sense, you know. And then at Temple, obviously, you fell even more in love with the arts. Yeah. Yeah. That's when I was like, OK, like maybe I'm an actor and I can sing a little bit and, and dance, too. And then. Philly has a great theater scene as well. So I was lucky enough to mm-hmm. work and do shows professionally while I was in school. And I would just like do school from like 8 a.m. to like noon and then like go to rehearsal at a regional theater in Philly. And I feel like I had two educations while I was in Philly at Temple. So what was like your your defining role or moment during your college years? Hmm. I think it was I think it was my freshman year. At Temple, because everyone was like, oh, this this freshman got cast in a main stage. Like, ooh. Uh And I was Charlie Dalrymple in Brigadoon. Oh, fun. And I love Brigadoon. Like, I'm a nerd about Brigadoon. Oh, it's amazing. The music is gorgeous. We were wearing kilts. It was just so much fun. (laughs) And I still have friends that, like, refer to me as, like, the guy who sang Bonnie Jean. So that was my star turn at Temple. Iconic performance. That's so fun. So what happened after you finished school? Did you graduate from Temple? Yeah, kind of. Mm. Okay, so <laughs> here's the thing. I walked at graduation, not realizing that I didn't finish all of my credits. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, so the head of my program actually came to see me in West Side Story. It was like, happy Broadway debut. You were amazing. Also, you didn't finish all your credits. I hope you <laughs> I hope you understand that. And so like I technically did not graduate, but I did 4 years at Temple and I think I'm going to like, you know, just take one online course and get the degree, you know, spend a bunch of money on it. So. Yes. <laughs> That'll make your parents happy at least. Yeah, yeah, they'll be thrilled. So West Side Story was happening around the same time or um no, cuz I I graduated in 2018. 
Okay. And then I stayed in Philly for maybe like four to six months, I want to say, to get my equity card because I was like a few points away. And then after that, I, I kind of like moved to New York out of frustration because in Philly, I was seen primarily as a dancer and couldn't get taken seriously as an actor or a singer. Hmm. So uh, in the professional world in Philly. So I was just like, well, if I'm going to dance, I'm going to go where there's a bunch of dance and I'm going to go to New York and dance my ass off. Yeah. And then I got here. I moved in 2019, January 2nd. I was just like, I'm going. And then it was, New year, new me. Right. No, that's exactly what happened. I think <laughs> I decided like December 20th that I was going to move to New York. And then by January, I was here in 2019. And then people were like, oh, like, you can sing and act. And I was like, great. <laughs> Sounds good. So <laughs> I did a, a regional show, Austin's Pride. And then Westside came pretty quickly after that, honestly. And this was like a highly buzzed, talked about, you know, revival of a beloved show. And I'm, you know, we only have had one other person on the pod who was in it, which was Shireen, who was, of course, playing Maria. Yeah, we and love I, Shireen, by the way. Shireen, if you're listening, we love, we you. love Shireen. Yes, we love I love you. and miss you, Shireen. Oh. <laughs> She's so great. She'll be in uh, Into the Woods very soon at City Center. Yes, I'm so excited. So good. I gotta go. But, you know, West Side Story is one of my all-time favorites, and I am so mad that I missed seeing the revival, the 20, what would you call it? The 2019 or 2020 revival? I guess 2020 maybe, revi- maybe 2020. Cause that's when we officially opened. What was, I mean, this is probably a, a loaded question, but what was that experience like for you? You, you had just moved to the city like within the year and then you're about to make your Broadway debut in this, like I said, highly anticipated new reimagining of the show. Yeah. It was just overall wild. Like when I got the appointment, I was like, standby for Tony, like, do they know I'm black? Like, what's going on? Like, mm. I was just confused. And they were like, nah, they're, they're doing something different. So I was like, okay. And I went in and it was a long audition process. And I just, I didn't think I, I got it. Like, when I got the call, my agent was like, you're going to Broadway. And I was like, oh my God, Hamilton? Because <laughs> like, I was in the mix for that at the same time. Oh, so, that'll be eventually, eventually. Hopefully, we'll see. Who knows? But yeah, I had... It was like the last thing on my radar. So then getting it and starting rehearsals was really crazy, especially because it was as if like everyone there was the team almost was like seemed confused about like what standbys were like or understudies. Mm. Like, I don't think they had a lot of experience with understudies going on. So it was as if I was never going to go on. That was the vibe until Isaac got injured and they were like, his leg, right? Yeah. And went into surgery and they were like, okay, you're going to play Tony for the next month. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so it was just insane. Oh my God. It was really wild. That is so crazy. Okay. So, it, and it was famously a, such a long preview period as well. Did, were a lot of changes happening? I wish I had seen it and I could speak to this better, but were a lot of changes happening from like preview one to opening in, was it like late February? Totally. Yeah. There were a bunch of changes. Because I, yeah, I obviously was watching the show from first preview every night. And then Isaac got injured second week of previews. And then I did basically the rest of them until right before opening when he came back. So we redid a lot of the show. And then it was just like, all right, teaching Isaac the new version of like, you know, we were like handing off the baton back and forth. of Like, yeah. this is the, now this and this is this. And so it was cool. And it was great to be a part of 
like learning how to sustain myself, uh, rehearsing and changing things during the day and then doing it at night. And, you know, some funny stories of like doing version 14 of something when we're actually supposed Ugh. to do version 30 of it, you know? <laughs> <So>. <laughs> did you, did you watch Smash when it was, you know, the, the TV series back in the day? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. From what the buzz that was happening from the Broadway theater, I felt like Smash suddenly became real life of, of conflict with the creative team and things with the cast and riff your riff got let go before opening there was just so many things because he was hurt too right yes that was the scariest thing i've ever experienced because i i was tony when that happened okay and it's oh it was just frightening and i didn't know what to do and right. we just like kept doing the show it was yeah. and, and meanwhile you also had people who were in the show who also had just finished filming the movie playing different <laughs> roles like there was just so much going on yeah that's that's a perfect way to describe it it felt like a full season of Smash doing <laughs> <laughs> West Side Story was a season of Smash. Y'all did have cameras. There were cameras rolling. So I'm surprised yes, that there wasn't any did. footage. Cameras, rain. Yeah, it just anything that could have happened in that production happened. And I got every experience possible on Broadway in my Broadway debut. Mm. So it was just insane. And playing the role of Tony, too, which, as you said, is a traditionally white role, you know, played by a white actor. Yeah. You know, what is what a unique experience. It was super unique. And there were things that I was like, this isn't going to fly. Like mm. certain lines in the show and, you know, I, trying to talk to the creative team as an understudy being like, listen, I'm black and that line doesn't make sense to me mm -hmm. at this point. So like, what are we going to do about it? And sometimes there wasn't anything that could be changed. You know, right. there's so many estates involved. There's first off Stephen Sondheim and right. then there's the... Bernstein estate. Yeah. So, so many cooks in that kitchen. So I just had to basically figure out a way to make things make sense for me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, my choices were specific to me because of that. So yeah, we, we found our way through it. You came out a stronger performer on the other side of things too. And I'm, I'm very sorry that the show didn't get its due at post pandemic. I mean, that's crazy to me, but you know, yeah, we didn't. We yeah. did not see that coming. You really didn't. I mean, I, I, I don't think anyone did. Because wasn't it just announced? We're getting like into it here. I don't know how much you can say. Wasn't it announced like a week before or something that West Side mm -hmm. Story had one of those grants? So it was like thought that it was coming. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I'm. No. I'm saying anything that people don't know. It's there was like that huge grant that was going on. I was like, great, and we were, you know, talking about coming back and contracts and things like that. And then out of nowhere, it was like, hey, I'm your new producer and you don't have a job anymore. And we were like, what? <laughs> you were told, though, before it broke in the media, right? Maybe. Maybe. I didn't okay. find out. I found out through a friend okay. texting me, hey, Ugh. I know you're going to book something else soon. So sorry to hear the news. And I was like, what? And I was like, oh, I hate that. I'm sorry to that friend. But... <laughs> <laughs> no, it's okay. Because And then I checked my email after and was seeing all of the press releases and stuff. So to be honest, we didn't find out till like basically everyone else found out. So the flood of texts and I was walking into my final callback for a beautiful noise. So I was like, I don't have time to worry about yeah. this right now. Oh my God. But maybe that's what gave me the fire. I was like, I got to book this job. So, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I know we all had like lots of thoughts in our minds in different phases of the pandemic about like what was going to happen when, you know, live theater was back, et cetera. Were you, were you, <laughs> I mean, I don't mean to laugh about it, but it's like crazy 
were you thinking like, oh, I'm going to go back and stand by in West Side Story? Was that your kind of thought at the end of it? Um, sometimes. I went through phases during the pandemic of, I don't think I'm meant for this, actually. So I'm mm. going to do something else with my life. Or maybe I'll go back to music or other things. And then oh. other times I was like, listen, I need the money. So I'm going to go back and stand by for Tony on Broadway. Also, I just felt like that chapter was closing for me anyway. So it was it was hard to see like the future of West Side Story for me. I just like couldn't see it in the cards. And I, yeah. I know why, because it just like was never going to happen. So <laughs> you had a sixth yeah. sense about that. That's so interesting because then obviously, you know, Town happened. Yeah. Yeah. Which is so incredible. And congrats to you for hopping in there. Thank you. I love that show and that role so much. It, it's just like one of my favorite things. When it first, when I first heard about Town, it was the off-Broadway recording. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I, I thought it was a musical that had tried to go to Broadway a long time ago and never made it. Like, I, <laughs> I created that narrative in my head, but I was like, oh, it's a shame this never went anywhere, you know? And <laughs> that it was like currently on its way. Yeah. So. And I, I have such respect to that team because they made sure it worked in so many places, in so many ways before it finally you know, got to Broadway, which I don't think is the end of its journey as Broadway, but what a great, you know, they, they did it like downtown. They did it in London. They did it in Canada. Yeah. Canada, London, all of it. And at that point I had stopped listening because I was like, ah, it's rare that a role is written like this. And I like singing it like, Mm. like other shows. I'm like, Oh, I can make it work. I can sing that. But Orpheus, I'm like, Oh, this is written for my voice. So one day I'm going to play that role. So I was like, I don't want to hear anyone sing it because I want to sing it the way that I want to. And so I just stopped listening altogether until I got it. And then I was like, all right, here we go. (laughs) And I think I remember reading in my research for you that you were trying, are you auditioning originally for the tour? Yeah, yeah. My first audition for Hadestown was Orpheus on tour. And it was while I was doing West Side Story, actually. Oh, okay. Mm Mm-hmm. So I had a few I had a few different opportunities to join Hades Town, but it never worked out scheduling wise. And it was okay. never as principal Orpheus. Um so it was just like, you know, having to pass and just being like, oh no, I just, you know, said no to something amazing. And then like finally it came around as principal Orpheus for that amount of time. And it was just like so special and super full circle for me. So I felt very blessed. I love what you said earlier about how you stopped listening because you wanted to hear your voice and do it in your own style. And and there is a clip that you posted on your Instagram of you singing it. Is it her name, Kayla? Yes, Kayla Wilcoxon. Wait, that's that's why we that's why we wanted to book you for the pod. We both saw it and we yes. were like, I was like, oh, we need to ask him. Yes, that was literally <laughs> the moment. I have chills remembering that moment, actually, Connor. Oh my goodness, I didn't even realize that's mm-hmm. so. That was such a special night for us. Just having a Black Orpheus and a Black Eurydice on at the same time. And it was Kayla's last show. So it was just a super special night. And Kayla, you know, she's one of the dance, she was one of the dance captains there. So she was teaching me a lot of the show when I joined. And we have a very special connection. So that clip means, means so much to the both of us. So I'm, I'm, I'm so glad that <laughs> y'all enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Oh, yeah. 
that music is just incredible. And then during the, you know, there was another sweeping of, of another variant that came through. And so you originally were just, or like a longer vacation replacement for Reeve, right? He wasn't filming something. Yeah. Reeve went to go film a movie. Well, he was supposed to go film a movie. So they were like, can you come in and play Orpheus for the month of January? Mm-hmm. And then his movie got pushed back. So okay. Reeve was just like hanging out in New York while I was playing Orpheus. <laughs> like he was like, Oh, I'm going to come see you tonight. He came like three or four times mm-hmm. and he was just so supportive. And all of them, Reeve, Eva, like the entire cast was super supportive. So it was just like fun hanging out with them being like, Hey, I'm this new guy just like coming in to play Orpheus for yeah. <laughs> a little bit. And then like, see you later. And it was just so much fun. Like, it's rare that you get to bop into a show and play the lead role for, like, yeah. two weeks, you know? Yeah. Right. And you're kind of, like, the the only the second Orpheus on Broadway. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Full time. Full so time. That, was, that was super interesting as far as, like, learning the show with the team. Because the team mm-hmm. was very involved with my rehearsal process. Because they were, like, no one's ever done this you know like eight months <laughs> a week besides reeve and you know reeve he he doesn't call out he doesn't get sick like so they were like can you do like the, everyone was just like how is this <laughs> gonna be possible <laughs> and i was like everyone calm down like it's gonna be fine mm-hmm. and they're like great you know so what was your orpheus like huh that's an interesting question um just very i mean i see him as I, I like to play him as a demigod because <laughs> in the myth, he is. He's half god. Um, and they they were okay with me doing that. They were like, oh, it's usually he's a boy that was touched by the gods. And I was like, no, like he has power to him. And it is through this gift of music and this earnestness of, I feel like I chose to, how do I say this? To be aware of how the world works, but just choose to live in how I would like to see the world. Mm. rather than um yeah no no no. i'll just leave it at that yeah that's really cool i love that characterization (laughs) yeah you said black orpheus earlier wasn't that a play or isn't that a play (laughs) as well it is it's a movie (laughs) and a play and i think (laughs) i think the play is like trying to come to broadway okay that sounds familiar to me so maybe I'll hit them up. Be like, "Hey, I was a black Orpheus." What- <laughs> <laughs> You're like, "I was born for this." <laughs> right. Where do I start? <laughs> and then uh, you went back in, right? Did Did you do it on tour as well? You jumped in, or was it on Broadway that you jumped back in? I'm mixing no, my, my brain. I jumped back in on Broadway. Yeah, randomly, I was in rehearsals for The Wanderer, and I was hitting up my friend Yaya, who is who's a swing in Hades Town. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hey, do you want to grab coffee? And they were like, yeah, I'm near the theater. So we just like went to a coffee spot near the theater. And I got a call and they were like, hey, are you near the theater? And I was like, oh, yeah, like I'm with Yaya. We're chilling. And they were like, can you come to the dressing room right now? <laughs> and I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> so I did it an hour later. That night? Yeah. And like an hour later, I was on stage <laughs> singing those la la la's. And I think I only forgot one thing. I forgot to shake Hades' hand. When we make the deal, mm. it's the only thing. And I was so grateful that I didn't mess anything up. <laughs> Muscle memory. Like, come on. It is incredible. Like the team that got you up on that stage and also that you were available. Like that is the the magic. That to me is the magic of Broadway that these people are going to at all costs 
get this show going and everyone that supports you to get up there on the stage. That's really cool. I didn't know it was like that. Like you were like just having coffee and then you're warming up a few minutes later. Oh, totally. And like, luckily I was in rehearsal already. So I had a full day of rehearsal Mm. to warm up my voice and my body. And the rest of the week I was doing double duty. But the, when you say like the team that made it happen, it was kind of crazy because so many, so many, I guess you would say alumni cast members came back that week. Oh, right. And we were all doing double duty. Like Afra Hines came back and she was doing Funny Girl at the same time. And then Marianne Torres came back and Amber Gray came back while doing Macbeth. Yeah, I saw that. Kayla came back from the sixth tour. So we all were just like, it felt like a family reunion of like, we all said goodbye to Hadestown and and here we are again. Mm -hmm. One week engagement. (laughs) That's really amazing. Oh my God. Congrats to you, but also just like, that's... Uh, I don't even know. That's incredible. Yeah. I, what was I going to say? I wish I could make it to see the Wanderer. Oh yeah. I think we only have well, like two more weeks. I want to say, mm-hmm. and they're, they're trying to go to Broadway as well. So, you know, maybe you might yeah. be juggling Broadway offers come yeah. this fall. You're, they're going to be, Hades town's going to want you to replace Reeve when, if he ever decides to go. And then, you know, Neil Diamond and, um, and the Wanderer are going to be, Dion, 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 yeah. Neil, and and Orpheus are calling your name, Jordan. Yeah, I'm, I feel very blessed that there's a lot on the table right now. So it's super cool. And there's another thing coming up that I'm super excited about, but I'm not allowed to talk about uh, it. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I have to Fair remind enough. myself not to slip up. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's just, um, it's, it's all super exciting. And I, I'm learning so much from all these different casts that I get to be around and these different creative team members. So yeah, that's awesome. But I have one more question about Hades town. When you did that one week, do they just like hand you a check at the end or like mail you a check? Like, do you have to like renegotiate some sort of a contract deal or is it? Oh yeah. We renegotiated. Definitely. Okay. It was like, Hey, can you come to the dressing room? And it was like, great. What? And, and then, you know, my manager took, took care of everything. Good, 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 good. So while I'm like getting ready, for the show, they're negotiating. And it's like, well, I hope right. the negotiations go well because my mic's <laughs> on. You're like, y'all still have my direct deposit, right? <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, that's basically how it works. I'm so curious about that kind of stuff just with payments because, you know, money makes the world go around. And I imagine on Broadway that they hand you, the company manager hands out checks. Is that how it goes? Yeah. Yeah. They hand out checks. Okay. Even if you have direct deposit, you still get the physical check. Okay. Come to the dress. How magical. Because Dylan, when I was interning famously at the Lyric Theater from fall 2019 through summer 2020, I helped with payroll a little bit and I would bring the checks down to the stage door. Oh my gosh. Anyway, the messenger. Right. It's a great day when they knock on your dressing room door and they're like, hey, it's payday. (laughs) (laughs) Best day of the week. Love it. Oh Oh my gosh. Well, before we say goodbye, we do like to end on a dose of drama, something to leave our listeners with. Could be something on our minds, something we want to share, rant about, rave about, anything we've been watching, anything we've seen to promote. This really is a broad closing segment. But anyway, I'm going to kick it off because at the start of the episode, we were talking about the new season of Elite. And I have to say, I'm obsessed with this this new cast member who's on, his name is Andre Lamoglia. And he is um, my dream man and we're getting married. So I just wanted to let you guys know that... This is the end. I'm off the market. I don't, Congrats. you know, he's, yes, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. He is, he's younger than me, which is complicated, but we'll make it work. We will, we'll make it work. 
I always said to Connor, like, Connor, you will date someone older. Like, that was where I always thought in my Never head. Know. Maybe. We'll see. But anyway, everyone needs to go follow yeah. this guy, Andre. He's so hot. I, of course, follow him. So if you just go to my page and see who I'm following, you'll you'll see him. But he's... Or just look at Connor's IG stories because he shares <laughs> pictures of him. Sure. Dylan, that's close friends. But anyway, um, <laughs> Dylan, Easy as you that. have a dose mm-hmm. of drama. Jordan, do you have a dose of drama today? Yeah, I kind of have two, if that's okay. One, one quick one is my friend just put me onto this new artist, Jensen McRae. She is a singer-songwriter, and I am just obsessed with her latest album. It's so good. Go look her up. Um, actually, my friend who put me on is Nick Barish, another Orpheus, who's on tour. Yes. Ginger Orpheus. Yes. Ginger Orpheus. <laughs> we love. And I got to see him yeah. when I closed Hadestown. And it was amazing. And he was in the other West Side Story revival of the 2010s. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. As a kid. A wee one. As a, as a little boy, yeah. right? Oh my god. He sang somewhere, yeah. It all comes back to Sondheim. It really does. R.I.P. I know. I know. Um, well, I have to look up, you say Je- you say Jeanette McRae? Jensen. 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 I'm thinking of Jeanette McCurdy from my party. But <laughs> <laughs> moving on. Also great. Also great. But my other dose of drama, and this is like the real one, because I'm mm. really going to get into it here. Please. It is a friend of the pod, Tatiana Lofton. I just need to rave for a second because Tatiana Lofton changed my life in an audition. And I kind of fibbed earlier when I said that we met during Neil Diamond because I wanted to save this moment. Amazing. Oh my God. (laughs) That's when we became friends. We actually met in person for the first time in callbacks for the Once on this Island tour. And I'd never seen anything like this. We were doing the dance callbacks and we were being paired up and... It was just like a flip of the switch. They called her name and she was like, oh, hey, like I'm Tati, whatever. And then those drums kicked in because it was like T-Moon's dance. It was like, mm-hmm. go, 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 go. I have never seen someone pop off the way that Tati <laughs> did that day. And it was insane. Like we all were screaming in the room on the sidelines, like throwing our shoes. Like it was insane. And that was the moment that I was like, oh, I need to go as hard as that girl from Once on this Island. Like mm-hmm. if not at that level i'm not doing enough and my next audition after that was west side story and right before i walked in i was like be that girl from once on this island and i just like popped off as hard as i could and i tell her all the time i'm like tati you changed my life like you're the reason i have a career she continues to inspire me every time i see her perform working with her she is just the real deal cast her in everything hire her for everything she's She's the best. I am obsessed. I can just see her popping up because I remember that dance. And it, it is an amazing moment in What's on this Island. <laughs> that is so special. Yes. Oh, I'm I'm still like buzzing from that day. She's she's everything. <laughs> she told us after we were I don't know if it was on the actual podcast or not, but she said when we need to get all of the friends of the pod together in New York and have a mixer. And so it's going to be Tati and Jordan and Danny Quadrino and all these other people that are all connected. We'll invite Nick Barish because he's on our dream list. And yes. And, and it'll be an amazing time. I love, love, love that story. And I also just love when performers like, you know, give a shout out and a little bit of credit to other folks. And it's, it's such a supportive community. I I love it. Right. We have to build each other up because it's like, we're all we've got. This is mm-hmm. a community. So anytime right. we can help each other, I, I just, that's why I love it, you know? Oh, yeah. 
Okay, well, thank you for going with your double dose of drama because now <laughs> it had, gave me time to think. I was hoping that. Yeah. So by the time this comes out, I believe we will have, we will be on the eve of a new Drag Race winner being crowned. Oh. And I am very excited. But I will say, I am team Willow Pill all the way. I love Willow so much. And, you know, for all season long, I've been thinking, I don't love Willow as a winner. Like, I love her as like a, a Katya figure who like wins us all over and then goes on All Stars. And But, you know, I want Willow to win. I want Willow to win. I think she is amazing and and delivers and has an amazing story. And I have cried all the time at all of the things that have been going on with, with her and her journey. Dylan, that's a gr- I love that because you're right. I think of all the queens in the finale, she's made the biggest emotional impression on me. And I do love mm-hmm. me some Angeria, but... Willow has just, she's stolen our hearts. I think she would be a great winner. Yes. Do you watch Jordan? I do. And this is the one season that I'm not watching. It's been a long season. I heard. No one's been going home is what everyone's been saying. (laughs) (laughs) I believe there have been seven non-elimination episodes. That's that's six too many in my opinion. (laughs) (laughs) I, I, I agree. It's also just like, it's supposed to be a competition. And so like when you remove that element, I don't know. Our friend Isaiah said he'd rather there be 18 queens and just someone goes home every week than there be 18 episodes with most of them staying the whole time. And I, I think I agree with that because they're going to have a career no matter what. It's such a, it's such a niche market that I think that it's not like it's American Idol or something like that where people don't necessarily always have a career afterwards because the the Rue girls do always find you know we we gag for them all. So right. that's a good point. We love them. So hopefully Willow Pell gets crowned. Anyways, Jordan, you have been so sweet and so fun. And you literally have done so much already in your career that I feel like we're catching you now before you even do like the big, big things that are going to like solidify you an icon status. So thank you for sharing this time with us. Thank you so much. This has been so fun. And y'all are the sweetest. So (sighs) I'm honored to be here. Thank you. Well, you're a friend of drama now. So this is for life. You'll, you'll catch us hyping you up forever now. That's how we do it. And everyone (laughs) needs to follow you on it. You're just on Instagram, right? Jordan Dobson underscore. Yes. Yeah. Just on Instagram. Give, give him a follow so you can see that that fourth project that Jordan was teasing that couldn't reveal yet, but coming soon. Yes. Yeah, it's coming soon. Love. Okay. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Thank you, Jordan. You have been a delight. And while you're following Jordan, of course, follow us at the Drama Podcast, Connor at Connor McDowell, me at Dylan McDowell, and Connor. I will see you next time. Drama. Drama.